hey, Bill, what the fuck? <laughs> Get over here. Don't worry, um, Bill's, Bill's too busy having bad opinions about climate change right now. He's, <laughs> yeah. he, can't, he can't really get in on that. Welcome to the Glasshouse Game Show, recorded partially in Glasshouse Bright Lane, um, mostly in London still. Um, I'm Samantha, and today I'm joined by Alex P. Hello. Alex CG. Howdy. And Astrid. Hello. Thanks for joining me today, friends. You know, it's a shame that we're taken away by this online service because we're here today to talk about the rise uh, uh. of online services <laughs> and the decline of local multiplayer. Um, We're talking about the decline of local podcasts as well. Can yeah, we... <laughs> yeah. We have. I haven't shared a couch with anyone in in a year. It's, it's, it's a sad true. situation. Um, but before we get into the very sad story of the this decline, I did want to take a minute and actually talk about it because I think the reason that we have such an emotional attachment to a lot of this subject is because. For a lot of us, this is a very foundational experience with the games, um, particularly the games we grew up with. So I kind of wanted to ask what games folk grew up with, like what their earliest multiplayer games that they can remember mm. are. Um, what are the sort of like early multiplayer games you remember and think fondly of? I think for me, it's it's just the it's the classic Super Nintendo, like you know, uh, what do you call those? They're not launch video titles. games. They're the no, but <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> Come on, the classics. Yeah, the old Mario, Super Mario, Mario Kart, Star Fox on Super Ooh, Nintendo and Star stuff. Fox, I mean, Lilith Wars. Ooh, what a yeah, shame. the old just going, going over to your neighbor's house, uh, walking over there at six p.m. and just staying there, sleeping over, playing, playing Star Pocky Fox. And Rocky and Rise bleed. You're talking Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just I mean, I didn't have a Super Nintendo then uh, when I was a kid, so we did the old thing of like uh eventually when i got uh a mega drive like we would bring our consoles over to each other's house so that we if we got tired of playing super nintendo we'd switch over to oh, to whoa. mega drive or or vice versa i did have um i don't i don't it's a really kind of obscure game but bonanza brothers for mega it. drive um it's a uh, that was a game we played a lot as well that sounds like an Alex P like, game <laughs> well i don't know i mean it's it's still a good game but it's basically like you're they're two it's a two-player single-player co wow two-player co-op uh and you shoot like uh balloons at at the baddies okay. while trying to save your dogs uh Aww. in like a like, is it like a like zombies ate my neighbors kind of thing what a good wholesome uh, game <laughs> saving dogs <laughs> i'm all about that yeah and using um Using, I mean, balloons. I, yeah, they are no bullets. Guns. They're they are bullets, but I think they tried to they, they changed, they changed it. it to balloons <laughs> so that it can be more uh, more marketable. Bullet, to bullet, ba uh, Batman doesn't kill anyone. Bullet, <laughs> uh, balloons. Balloons. The important question, Alex B, is you did not. You're not going to tell me that you called it a Mega Drive growing up. No, exactly. But, you know, thank you. In in present company. Yeah. I mean, why would I call it a Mega Drive when I was growing up? 
I didn't know it. I don't know if you were that cultured. I don't know if you were that cultured. Eight year old. There was no eight year old in in the Midwest. Do you know what they call a mega dragon in Paris? (laughs) (laughs) It's a Genesis, Uh, folks. It's a Genesis. Sega Genesis for all uh, for all you Jennies in chat. For all you Jennies. (laughs) What about you, Astrid? What did you? Well, um, I don't want to. I don't want to give everyone anyone a, a sort of mid quarter life crisis. Oh, yes. Um, this is, here we so go. I'll try and PS4. phrase this. What was gently. your favorite PS4 yeah. game uh, growing up? I grew up playing, you know, uh, Demon Souls three and Dark, Dark Souls three, and you know. <laughs> uh, uh, so I, um, my earliest co op memories are um, Nintendo sixty four. Uh, with my brothers. Okay, that's respectable. Not too bad. I was yeah, respectable. Yeah, 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 yeah. To be to be fair, mines aren't that far away. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we used to play Goldeneye a lot. Um, we did have a awesome. house ban on playing our job. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that, right? Yeah. Just still did it though. So right? cheap in the bin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we used to play a fuckload of Wave Race. Yeah. Love Wave Race. Um, Snowboard Kids was quite a big one for me. Um, I've already talked at length about that absolute gem. Yeah. Um, Better than Mario Kart. I think those 64 games are when local multiplayer started becoming, like, more of its own, like, almost genre Mm. and of itself. Uh, Oh, you had the four slots and everything, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you had the... There was that as well. But as well, like, we... I remember creating, like, custom rule sets that we would do in stuff like GoldenEye yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and then Perfect Dark. Yeah. Like, even, a, a, I mean, everybody knows, like, you know, slappers only and stuff like that. But we would, like, create rule sets that would mm-hmm. that would revolve around Odd Job. Yeah. Like, somebody, like, it's like everybody versus Odd Job, yeah. but Odd Job gets, like, 300% health or yeah, something yeah. like that. And you would, like, create, you'd almost create a storyline as well to go with yeah. these custom really cool. rule sets. Yeah, no, it's, um, uh, yeah, great, great little, almost, like, micro sandboxes, you know? Yeah, like very yeah. hyper specific, I think, I think... but lots of freedom within that hyper specificity. Mm-hmm. I definitely want to get d- deep into that as we go, but like I think that when we talk about the rise of online, I think that's sort of the main thing that I miss is that mm-hmm. sense of customization over game modes and stuff. Because with matchmaking and stuff, that just doesn't really exist anymore. And yeah. when I think of the stuff that I grew up with, so like. I used to, I didn't have like multiplayer at home. Like the only stuff I used to play for a long time was going around to a friend's house who had an N64. So my earliest stuff, like, you know, like way back when, when I was a wee kid, there was like, you know, stuff on Sega that I can barely remember. But the stuff that I remember was like going around to theirs and playing N64. And the main one that we played all the time was Duke Nukem because in split screen versus, you could do co op, but in the versus mode, you could put in bots and the bots were like yeah. lethal as fuck. So it was like this whole challenge of us trying to best the bots and outsmart them. And, um, but then the, the foundational for me in terms of like when I started playing multiplayer games, because I spent a lot of my youth just watching other people play games more than like, you know, I would sit like watch people play Resident Evil or whatever. But the foundation for me in terms of when I really got into multiplayer games and could play them at home was when we got an Xbox and I could mm. play um, Halo and um, do co-op and everything and have friends. And and the thing about the Xbox, Xbox had System Link. Like if you knew yeah. something like going around to someone's house and like, I mean, that doesn't, system, fucking System Link doesn't exist anymore. But like back in the day, yeah, like I remember like, this is a bit later on, but like I remember we, when Halo 3 came out, we all went round and did a system link and did the campaign in legendary together oh, nice. 
and co-op and like just spent a day doing it and um and it was great like it was it was just fucking amazing and yeah like that that kind of like social thing is what i miss most i mean the concept of a land party feels a little can can i give you my my (laughs) short long list my long short list yeah so i'm thinking something we haven't mentioned yet and no one's mentioned yet is and i think it counts technically pokemon trading definitely did some live pokemon trading at home and on the on the blacktop as we call it uh (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and say best multiplayer game of all time final fantasy 6 there is a two-player mode, and I would force my friends <laughs> to do it. I would bring just my Super shooting? Nintendo over, and I would be like, you can choose things in the battle menu. Like, that's CG. multiplayer. I would <laughs> like to ask your friends if they think Final Fantasy VI is yeah. the best multiplayer. You're like, can thing. we play something like, else, please? Like, hold on, we're in the world of ruin. Um, that's worse than the person who has to play Tales. And yeah, so hold on, but I'm thinking uh, Super Nintendo as well. Like, there were games like the Animaniacs platformer that I, I really liked. Um... There was a lot of these, yeah, zombie, Zombies Ate My Neighbors, Smash TV, these kinds of overhead, like, co-op shooter things. And then N64, I mean, I agree with all everything you guys said. Like, Perfect Dark, same reason as Duke Nukem for me, because of the bots. It was just, like, yeah, I could yeah. just play by myself or with friends, but we could just go on for hours and hours. And even the, the bots in Perfect Dark, you could even, I mean, you weren't programming the AI, but no, you yeah, could, there like, was some... give them personalities. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you could tell them, like, if you wanted them to be, you know, kamikaze yeah. or be super aggressive or be... Yeah uh it wasn't just a difficulty level yeah. it was like they could you could almost design their strategy yeah. around but we didn't mention and, and these were these were formative to me mario party super smash brothers like the amount of of lost nearly lost friendships over those games is extremely high <laughs> and then if i was just going to mention one pc wise i did a lot of uh civilization land parties so like going over to someone's house so we could play Whoa. like start That's start cool. the day with like on a weekend with civ 4 or something or even civ 2 if we were being like retro about it and then just go the whole day <laughs> playing that. So, my short long. Yeah, list. I remember um, when Perfect Dark Zero came out, which I know is quite maligned, but I I got a kick out of it, and I really think fondly of the split screen multiplayer because it was obviously the game had an online component with the idea of sixteen players, but offline you could have four player split screen, and then like the rest could be bots, like so you could have like twelve yeah. bots in with you, and it was chaos. It was great. There's vehicles, and all these big maps and stuff. That was great fun. Like I don't know if it holds up, but back in the day, like that yeah. was that was great fun. I think um, something something that um that I'm very conscious about going into this discussion we're about to have is I grew up in a time, <laughs> I I like like my early 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 co-op memories are like nintendo 64 and mm. a little bit of uh uh the lego star wars games uh which is maybe a you don't have to that... whisper when you say that come on just be proud, be proud. <laughs> yeah gonna... hey, i am proud of your lego <laughs> yeah, star no, wars. fucking lego star wars and stuff like that but um but as i as i started like like early teens that's when like split screen started dying out um and all of my friends at school um and like everyone that i socialized with at that time had all moved on to like playing call of duty modern warfare 2 on the xbox Mm. 360 and playing halo like halo 3 and um and then later halo reach uh and (laughs) like so i i i very rapidly moved from like oh yeah couch cop is a thing into like mostly being like online play um in a very rapid succession um and i think um yeah 
I think, I mean, I certainly, there was definitely a point, and I think that's the next thing I want to talk about, is the, the sort of ubiquity of online services, because I think Xbox Live was the big thing, like, suddenly online services were very available on consoles, and I think I definitely remember that transition of, like, moving away from local multiplayer, but I remember my friends and I being quite resistant to it. I remember us spending ages doing system links and stuff through the 360's lifespan, because we would do online stuff, but it wasn't what we preferred to do, because mm. we wanted to sit in a room together, like, we wanted yeah. to do that. And I remember us being very resistant to it. Also, it cost money, like, I suppose I was, like, you know, like, 50 quid a year or something, and, like, that was a lot of money, like, yeah, you know, you know it's, so weird. That. it's so weird. Uh, just, like, just now I'm remembering like that this is like a very distinct memory that i have actually that um i was a, i i'd reached a point where i was like i i i had a couple of friends that we'd like we'd go over and play games together for a bit uh, but there was this moment where so many of my friendship circle at the time were all only playing like online uh games together um and there was like a good like half a year sort of buffer where i just like didn't have anyone to play any games with because like i hadn't been able to get hooked up to xbox live yeah. and pay the subscription fee and everything uh and that was a really weird when did xbox live launch oh, I, I, it, it I mean it launched the early days of the ago, xbox but... but i don't think it really took off until halo 2 which i think i mean halo 2 it wasn't just that it was a very popular online game it was also that it brought in matchmaking and stuff halo 2 yeah. sort of set the foundation that was the mold of which you got all the other online multiplayer games there. 360 was definitely what cemented it though mm, 360 yeah. was like they launched on that. It was available. They made a big deal out of it. All these games had it. Like, and you know, every, like, you know, like if you bought a console, it came with the headset and everything. Everything you needed was there. Like, they made a big Kit's deal. saying it's uh, November fifteenth, twenty two thousand two. Servers shut down on April fifteenth, two thousand ten. Um, there you go. I was gonna say that uh, it's funny too because I actually it was like a double world in a way. Like, I was also a PC gamer and I was very online with that, including with my own friends. So it would be like. We'd go over, play games together, and go home, and then play games together again online. <laughs> but I remember, I don't know if y'all remember this as well, but, like, growing up, the idea of consoles having internet capability was such a, like, I would read about it in forums. Like, oh, yeah, they had, like, a satellite thing for the Super Nintendo in Japan. <laughs> yeah, How weird yeah, is yeah. that? Or, like, the, the Sega Live service that they even had for the Genesis, I think. But yeah, I remember even playing like, the old... Um... Tony Hawk's Pro Skater games, and it's being like, oh, you can hook up to the internet, just like, plug what? this weird cable into the back of <laughs> and, your PlayStation 2, and I'm like, whoa, what's that? Like what was magic? the functionality with Tony Hawk, though? Did you get, like, new Goldfinger tunes, or, like, what was that? <laughs> well, but, but so I think was... that, that's the funny thing, is that for a while, I remember being very skeptical, even, like, PlayStation 2 Dreamcast era being like, oh, there's this, like, Fantasy Star Online thing, but, like, who's gonna play? Why would you mm. play console games online and just... Even when early matchmaking happened, I remember because I played Counter-Strike and shit like that, I used to, like, talk shit about people who played Halo and stuff because I'm like, oh, you need to, oh, the game has to choose who I fight for me. Oh, like, why can't you just go into a server? And it's funny that, yeah. that it started to it started <laughs> to switch to the point where, I mean, nowadays I actually probably play more online on my console than on, on PC even, so... It's, it's very difficult now to find a lot of those old things now, like server browsing yeah. and stuff. Like all the like Halo Two, really like I I don't think it, I don't think like it's to blame in as much as like it's like Halo Two's fault that this happened. I feel like the, yeah. in a certain sense, this this sort of thing was all. Oh, I think Halo Two at least set a good precedent for how to do it. But 
I guess what I want to ask, though, before we get into that, all that, is um, what is everyone's, like, so we talked about, like, what our first, like, early multiplayer couch co-op stuff is. What's everyone's, like, first, like, online game that they remember getting into? Ooh. Okay. Um, I I would have to check the dates, but I think I actually even reflect some of your own experiences with my first online video games are still ones that I played with my friends in the same room, like <laughs> we would where we would have uh, um, either they had they just my friend had two family computers or like we would bring a computer over to yep. the other house and we would play. Um, there's a couple of games: Diablo two, yeah. uh, uh, Rainbow Six and the original um, rainbow six starcraft right. yeah yes. uh i have rainbow six and then we started playing rogue spear when that came out which was like yeah. a i think it was an expansion that turned into a a uh, its own thing um, was there anything that you played this was like all once you were this was alone all... in your house with people online so all of those games sort of evolved into right, okay. that okay. like i mean we've we would play these th we would play these games a lot especially like diablo 2 where we're just like you know back to back or whatever um in a in a tiny cramped <laughs> uh loft room or whatever um and uh and then you kind of you find out you i don't you discover like the the what there is capable on 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 for the online experience because all of those games are sort of still extensions of single player experiences right. that i was just then learning like Oh, there's a marketplace in Diablo 2 of like trading with the million people who are already mm. on this game. Yeah. Uh like there's that there can be emergent things that happen within mm. a game online uh just because the community is so large yeah. where you know well, there's like this the stones of Jordan or whatever like every like Diablo 2 had its own currency that just came about based off of a demand within the game for an item which is just like this the best ring in the game or That's whatever funny. that people would people would trade items based off of like oh I'll trade you this bow for 40 for 40 rings <laughs> uh like this one ring That's became funny. the currency and this kind of emergent economy I feel like was maybe the first time that I was like oh this is what online games can be can do and like that a, that a single player video game can't do yeah. and I think where I really um that's kind of where I think that bug of like got got stuck in where I'm like, okay, I can buy into this. I can I can I can do this because for yeah, for a long time I was I was like, but if we can't if I'm not with you guys, why I can't why pass you a Coke and some <laughs> yeah, Doritos like, what's the, if what's I'm not the in the point? same room with you. <laughs> did, so it wasn't until there was like there was this reason to have a buy in. Did y'all not play um, MMOs at all? That was later. Because no, uh, I because I played MMOs quite young. Okay. Um yeah, I think I was like twelve or thirteen when I first started playing uh, World of Warcraft. Nice. Yeah, I started playing World of Warcraft at the same time. I mean, well, not the same time as far as twelve or thirteen, but I started playing <laughs> in two thousand five, two thousand four, whenever it started. My my friends all got. I, I had a lot of friends that got into World of Warcraft, um, but but I never I I never did. I never like appealed. Like whenever I'd watch them, I just didn't like what I saw. Um, you know, at mm. the time I was like. Oh, if there's no shooting or story in it, I don't care. And you know what? <laughs> Not a lot's changed. There's a but, story. Um, but um, but what I I think a big factor though was just you you paid a subscription, which I was like, yeah, what pay to play a game? No yeah. thanks. So the funny, you funny, could... funny that because um, I while I played World of Warcraft quite early on, I never really got into it. 
uh i know the beginning of that game really well because what i used to do because i couldn't <laughs> cycle those free subscriptions yeah maybe. i just got i just mate i just ha i've got like a, a a farm somewhere just full of old email accounts that i <laughs> ma made just to get a new world of nice i want to say even at the very beginning you could gift people um you could gift people free months and mm. that there was some circular thing that like they stamped out fairly or quickly, but there was some circular thing where you could like be getting free subscriptions <laughs> that you could then gift to people. You couldn't use for yourself, but you could gift to people, Amazing. and then like you could just do this this. Uh, okay, this Siege, scam, basically, what was, what was your, World of Warcraft. What was your first on? Because you're you're a reg you're a regular like Counter Strike player and stuff. What was your early? Yeah. Well, well, I was gonna say the two the two strongest memories I have is w one being for MMOs EverQuest actually. My brother, speaking of subscription, I wouldn't pay for it. My brother paid to get his own fifty six k Earthlink connection. If that brings you back at all, Alex, and <laughs> I would he would mostly play it, but he would allow me to open accounts. So I would I also know the beginning of EverQuest for different races very well because I never I never got far in it, but I was able to play that a bit. But probably like my own on my own PC once we had like a proper family connection, whatever. Uh, it's going to be half like, all of the permutations of Half-Life. So like Counter-Strike, Natural Selection. I've mentioned the specialists before, Signs and Industry, like all these Sven Co-op, like all these different mods for Half-Life would probably be, I think I played games online before that, but that was like, and that pre-Steam even, pre-Steam and then once Steam came around, like that was my, because it was just this, like you guys said, that the, the legacy of that online FPS is, which Goldeneye and Perfect Dark, like what they learned from them well is, is that expansiveness of like you could just have all these different game modes custom mm -hmm. servers like people did I, I don't know if anyone here played counter-strike back in the day but you could like you could find surges, servers that had the ninja rope installed so you, you would be playing the game but you could like you could just rope into the sky and like swing over chasms and stuff <laughs> yeah it was just it was amazing and i i, I have a lot of fun My, a friend of ours who is the most like tech savvy like got his own server space and we, we ran our own server for a long time oh, and that cool. was kind of cool because it was like people would come in and be like oh this is our this is our turf man like we gotta suss you out <laughs> so it was like having a guild and then later on we did we did as a as a unit all start playing world of warcraft for about like seven or eight months before we stopped so wow i think did anybody play the 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 like runescape when it was at its early height a little yeah. bit. I wasn't a big. I wasn't a big fan because I was playing prettier PC games. You know, mm. I played a I mean, little never bit, played but it. around about that time, I was using a really shitty like netbook. <clears throat> um, mm. so it, it it couldn't even run RuneScape. Uh, you're, just, you're just chugging along at five frames a second in RuneScape. Uh, you just reminded me of an early childhood memory when I was like on a holiday. My aunt took us down to Dorset. And, um, and right. you know, like I didn't have a mobile phone or anything at the time, but the only, but I like this, like, I think that's, but this one would have been like, like 2002, 2003 or something. Yeah. Cause yeah, I remember hooking up a terrestrial, old terrestrial TV to watch fucking an episode of Lost while we were on holiday. So yeah, it must've been around then. But, <laughs> we need an adapter to fit into the cable box. <laughs> but I remember this because like the thing that I got excited about was like going online to look up screenshots of like Halo 2, like going, whoa, they've released a new screenshot of Halo 2. But I would go to an internet cafe for this, you know, like it's at home. I would go to the local library for the internet, but here it was like, oh, go to an internet cafe. And I remember my brother and I just like browsing and like checking stuff out. My brother actually had like 
you know, emails to check. I was just there, like, going through the Bungie.net forums. But I remember yeah. it hit, like, it hit, like, 3 o'clock on a school day, because, like, Scottish schools finished a different time of English schools. And um, and then just as, as soon as school was finished, all these kids flooded into the internet cafe to go and play RuneScape. Like, just, we, it was just <laughs> us two, just surrounded by all these kids going on about RuneScape, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck is going on in here. Uh, I only mention it because I feel like it's a game that I missed out on, and if I hadn't bit, if I hadn't missed out on it, I probably still would be playing it. Yeah. Like it's one of those games that I feel like wow. probably would have ticked a lot of boxes. I I, th- I think it's too much of a something now to dive into. Like I'm not gonna go in and try and get invested please. in old school RuneScape. I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but please don't get lost in RuneScape, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I, I was no. a big fan of like exploring the free MMOs out there. So there was mm. like I did a little bit of RuneScape. There was one called RPG World that was like all 2D. I found one that was a hacked uh, game on B- the Beyond system, if anyone's ever heard of it. I think I want to do a, a video about it someday. They, they, had, they turned Final Fantasy IV into an MMO. So it was like the, the world of Final Fantasy IV, but you, were, you could play with all these other people. And I, I would be remiss not to mention emulators. Played a lot of Zsnes, like uh, connecting with people and, and playing through, you know. Mega Man shit and like whatever Final Fantasy See, 6 for- forcing my friends in person and remotely <laughs> to play through Final Fantasy 6 <laughs> did you play Fantasy Star Online CG you mentioned it uh, no it was always this again because consoles and internet was such a weird yeah. like thing to me I'd read about it and I'd heard about it but I you know I Penny Arcade used to talk about it all the time I think it sounded like, well, I remember thinking that it was like something that only people could play in Japan or yeah yeah, yeah. Kid. like it was it was technology that was too advanced for us mortals yeah, in, in yeah. the Midwest I had um I used to I used to play uh fuckloads of free uh, MMOs as well but like I guess like newer sort of the one that the MMOs that came out once pe- when people were just slightly past the point where they were like oh MMOs are good and then kept saying MMO oh MMOs are good we should do an MMO beyond the point that MMOs were actually viable in any way yeah. puzzle pirates right um like remember <laughs> <laughs> that game no, that was like an in-browser like, MMO. What's that... this? What? Puzzle, puzzle Pirates. pirates you never heard oh, of Puzzle yeah. Pirates, people? I, I've never heard of Puzzle Pirates. Shout out for what Puzzle Pirate in the chat, please. <laughs> Sound off what, in the what, comments. What games, the, though, for example, Astrid? Um, DC Universe Online and the, the superhero um, MMO City of Heroes? before that one. Champions okay. Online? I don't oh. know that one. Something. Does Neopets count as an MMO? I maybe. I mean, I, I at one point it's I an had online a game subscription to Club Penguin. Okay. Oh shit. Habo Hotel. If we're going there, Habo Hotel. Cool it was brilliant. <laughs> Man, like I just I got frustrated. I like I remember like cause, yeah I was a bird kid so whenever I got online it was like trying to like find all that free stuff. But I always just got frustrated because you would hit all these walls and I was like I can just go and play Halo Combat Evolved again and I yeah. saw have a day. But I remember the the first like online game that I remember getting really into that I would play on my own was um, Alien vs Predator, like the two thousand game, um, which you had to go and like server browse through GameSpy, uh, like oh fucking... GameSpy Arcade, <laughs> yeah, take you back. And um, but it was great. It was like you would you would just meet randos and like you and 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 it goes back to the thing we were talking about custom games. You know, like, and it, it was very customizable and stuff. And we would just set up this horde mode where, like, aliens would just attack and you would just be playing as Predator or Marines and stuff. It was dumb. Um, but, like, that was great. still, like, the pre... That was still... Because I think that you you mentioned just a, a very brief moment in online game history where it was before... It was before game developers 
felt like they felt neat or had the onus to set up their own servers to have people play where they mm -hmm. would also control how people played mm -hmm. and before people could you know set up the way that they could play online person to person so you had all of these services like GameSpy mm -hmm. that still gave uh potential to play online games custom with custom rule sets and everything like that mm -hmm. uh that wasn't controlled by the game itself and you got i mean i remember having pretty cool experiences with like uh you know, community organized tournaments and and stuff through GameSpy or or similar websites yeah. that you wouldn't you wouldn't really see that with any of the big first person shooters now. But we're playing like Rainbow Six Rogue Spear, like a sniper tournament, just spon not not sponsored by anybody, just organized yeah. by by some guys who wanted to to do it, and then they made it happen. On but the there was like Battle.net and stuff, people. right? Like Blizzard had Battle.net. Yeah, but I think that was that was like that was maybe i'm you know ignorant but i feel like that was kind of the only thing going and that was the yeah, i'm trying uh, to think if there's any other examples of that other than like what was the thing that valve had before steam there wasn't it wasn't did not also have oh, a name i don't know but I'll, you're I'll going <laughs> but i think i mean there was services around there was like th these services that exist with battle um battle and then you know bungie.net like they didn't you didn't play halo through that or anything that was, but yeah. it gave you all this like extra after. stuff um and that you had yeah, that that came that came. I mean, Battle Not was from maybe like ninety seven. I want to say mm. like because that was they still were using that for for StarCraft. Um, I mean, ostensibly they but, still uh, use it, but it's just not the same thing at all anymore. Yeah, but like Bungie Bungie Net was in the two thousands. Like GameSpy is from like and and those things are those Much started older. dying off. Those webs those yeah those websites started dying. Well, off I mean, like I feel like, like I feel like when we talk about like custom multiplayer, I feel like Halo Three like was in Reach were so good for that stuff, but they sort of were the swan song for that kind of game. Like they did it so mm. good, they give you so many things, yeah. and people got so creative with it. But you know, like that was sort of it. Like I, I can't think of any like multiplayer games that are big and popular now that afford that kind of customization. The the title of the Valve thing was Wan. Do you remember that W O N? One. It was like no. the World Online one. Network or something. That was like one of the. That was like the. I think one of the ways or one the net. way that you connected. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that was one of the ways. One. Mm. I've actually got some numbers. Stats fans. You know, numbs, all the numbs. Um, so this is not exhaustive um, by any means, but it's just sort of an, a decent indication of where things are at, maybe. Um, there's a website called Cooptimus, which is a, an, uh, an, a database of every game with co-op mode. So this is only by co-op, right? Cool. But they do have a filter a for split screen. For a website as well. Um, so I decided I thought I would look through and see like how the decline of again this is only for co-op games so this isn't exhaustive but it's a, a decent indication right. I had a look so the the Xbox One um, which is now obviously um, still going because they haven't released a new console amazingly can you believe that that Microsoft still <laughs> haven't released it. a replacement yeah. you think so weird wild yeah the PS5 is out you think they would want to release a new console but I, I guess not you know if we don't have one it doesn't exist um, but anyway they had on that 
they had about like um from what i can gather here it's about like um basically about 90 games um from two players up there are 90 games that were about co-op um 76 of those support um two players 20 games up to four one game that supports up to six players and two games that support up to eight players um i want to know those last few games <laughs> um and the breakdown here is about like 20 21 percent of all the games on the xbox have local options um okay. so like a fifth basically and by comparison okay. the 360 has um about um 180 odd co-op games so, um, so pretty much twice as much. And this is just co-op. Yeah. This is like co-op split screen. So this is just co-op split screen it's games. It's not like Nidhogg where Damn. it's a... Yeah, this doesn't even include like competitive stuff. But like, yeah, that that's like they halved in a generation that went from, you know, 180 to like 90. And um, mm. yeah, like that, like that was... And I think you felt it. I feel like even, you know, I didn't, didn't you'd Yeah, even during a generation where independent game developers had a boom where there was like a, yeah. a much bigger uh, opportunity for lots more developers getting getting local co-op games out there still wasn't any there still a have which i feel well, like I think is even i remember a big one for more. me like sort of like the sort of like wow this is the this really is the nail in the coffin was when they removed split screen co-op from halo 5 which had been a staple of the series the whole way through like literally was like the reason i would buy it and so it's the reason i still bought halo 4 when it came out and then in Halo Five, they announced, so yeah, to to have a higher frame rate, where we're sacrificing co-op, and um, and I was like, wow, way to just fucking kill your own franchise, like. I mean, um, Sam, the most frustrating experience that I had, maybe not the most, the most frustrating experience, but def definitely the biggest disappointment with the um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare reboot that we did reflections on a lot, our first reflections on actually was when. Uh, I was playing it, and then Kit was just like, hey, let me get on this. And I was like, yeah, 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 all right. And, like, uh, backed out and tried to find, just tried to find how to play local multiplayer, and it just not not being a thing. Yeah, <laughs> like, and um, and it's been quite quiet. I remember, like, Black Ops, for instance, had local multiplayer. Black Ops, actually, I remember, had a pretty cool thing um, back in the day where you could play split-screen online, so you could take multiple people from the same console online. Yeah. And that felt, like, pretty cool. But even that is dead in the water. Like, that doesn't even fucking exist anymore. Um, and I think, like, the one of the star one that I want to get into with this is because, basically, the, the reason for this, as always, is capitalism. And there is basically no financial incentive for split screen because I think what the people began to realize with the ubiquity of online stuff and Halo 2 and the 360 in particular and people buying um, online games was... If they've got a split screen, they only buy one copy. But if everyone's buying a copy to play online, you're selling more copies. Yeah. And it's just like there is... And, and also, if you're on Xbox, you're paying for a subscription. I mean, in PlayStation now as well, you're paying for a subscription. So there's just... they create they, There was no incentive for them to like give these options. And you just see them like slowly but surely die out. Even if big franchises were known for them, just gone. Yeah, I feel like, especially with the Call of Duty example, um, like, like how prevalent call of duty like zombies became yeah. as a as a phenomenon i feel like was almost entirely down to the fact that it was a great split screen split screen co-op experience yeah do, do we know when the whole phenomenon of uh making you pay for your own machine's ability to make p2p connections 
happened because like we talked about like individual servers and like companies running their own servers well and stuff like when that. xbox and live as... launched you there was a yeah. paid subscription playstation switched over i can't remember if it was the ps3 or ps i think it was ps3 but theoretically was... but... not the ps3 PS4? um the ps3 online play was completely free but they yeah. had playstation um plus or something well so my question is it's it's if was xbox live did were they running their own servers at that point because mm. because the stage we're at now is that there are obviously companies that run their own servers depending on what system you're using but there are the scandal of a lot of the where this has gone like you're saying is like forcing everyone to buy their own copy and then also kind of like the weird very uh like landlordy kind of move to just kind of like yeah. erect your themselves think, on um, your your own internet connection and make you, you pay online for the privilege to to use it. Yeah, that... you would get when when games would come with like an on like if you wanted to play the multiplayer mode, you had to buy a new copy that would come with an online pass that you would have to enter. And um, this God, was an attempt games that died that out way. actually, which was but I, but in a way sort of doesn't matter. But, then... but but so do we know when this like paying for your own internet connection that you are? Well, what I'm saying is it started it started, started like... with Xbox Live, like Xbox when Xbox Live. Yeah. I mean Xbox Live was sort of I guess what they probably fronted as what you were paying for was more the external aspects of like you had your friends mm -hmm. list and you know it was because one thing that was great about Xbox Live at the time that sort of like I mean it's just every service now but at the time having a friends list that went across all your games and a profile that went yeah. across all your games and all that stuff was tracked and managed really easily was pretty cool it was like really good and helpful like, that's why 360 really took off the, the fact that you had one profile and it just made it easy to go into every other game was super cool and um you know and then but but yeah you need like, friends for that though yeah but the uh <laughs> but the idea of like you would well i remember when like xbox live went to 360 like the xbox live was so small that i remember making friends through xbox live because you would jump in a game and you would mm. keep bumping into the same people like that's how small mm. xbox live was at one point but you know now you no know, it's not like that at all but i think um I think yeah, Xbox Live. You would pay a subscription, and then eventually Sony would jump on that, and like pay PS4 is like by the time you get to PS4, it's like yeah, P PSN. The, I mean, I think the thing that was sort of interesting is like the online services for like PS2 games and PS3 games were free, but they were terrible, and that was sort of the yeah. thing that fronted up Microsoft's um, argument for the cost was like, oh well, look at the infrastructure we're getting. That's what you're paying for, and so oh, yeah, they sort like of managed to planet. It was atrocious absolutely yeah. atrocious yeah so like, they managed to like both justify in the same it. room <laughs> yeah so they managed to justify it by like you know just by sony being really poor competition in the on in terms of offering what they offered with their online infrastructure microsoft managed to say see that's what you're paying for and then you know and um yeah so they yeah they managed to run away with it and yeah now it's yeah you pay for everything like switch like you know um, yeah, the Switch is... one I think is the most egregious because the you know a lot of the games that are you can even play on on online in the first place are just are P two P connections. So you're just you're just paying for the right to use your own internet connection. I hadn't really considered that, Sam. As far as the like, because I always, as somebody who I've never had an Xbox in my life, um, who's, who's never had one, I've always had wondered why. Like, why, how are people okay with Xbox Live? Because at the time, you PlayStation yeah. was free. Like, you didn't have to pay anything yeah. for online. And that was, I, I, I remember that being, like, the first volley in the console wars <laughs> as far as, like, mm -hmm. at that, or for that generation was always Sony Sony peeps going, yeah, but you've got to pay for your, for your online yeah. connection and everything. And it just was always, it was wild to me that that was 
that that was also a generation in which Xbox was the more popular. And then how that still how that still like caught on mm. as a thing with consumers despite even now where probably the biggest meme about Xbox that exists is how much of a of a shithole Xbox Live was as far as like interactions with other people and, mm, yeah. and how often people would say they're going to have sex with your mother <laughs> and all of that and just like it's 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 still you painted a picture of like oh but you can like you know you have all of these friends that you yeah. that you can paint across all the different games which uh which for a console would be very novel and but it's just it still feels like for such a toxic at least now as we look back on it you know toxic thing that was mocked openly by every <laughs> other video game community it's so think, bizarre that it's I now think just a, a ubiquitous thing not to ignore though is like the 360 um besides the ease of use that they brought to online stuff like I mean, that really was a big thing. The Xbox 360 just had loads of fucking good games. Like, that That really... Yeah. Like, it had, like any of the big stuff you wanted to play, you know, like, think of, like, go back to 2007, and, like, all these major franchises came out in the space of, like, a few months. Like, Bioshock, Mass Effect, you know, um, Halo, Call of Duty, like, you know, like, all these games came out in the space of, like, a few months. And you and if you had them on Xbox, you were tied into Xbox Live, and you had a really good, X, you know, online service and stuff. You know, you had friends list, it was really easy to use, etc. You know, whereas in PS3, like, the PS3 did not get going as a console, like, until, like, the mm. very end, and they dropped some, like, mm. humdingers. Like, for a long time, the <laughs> PS3 really struggled with, like, there was not a lot to play. The stuff that they had that was appealing was all this niche stuff, like Demon Souls and stuff, but that was, like, yeah. super niche. But all your big he and heavy hitters, the... that was 360. Even the cross-platform big hit ones were typically would run worse on the PlayStation 3. Because yeah. they were like developed with because the PlayStation 3 had a weird architecture and the Xbox 360 just had like a pared down PC. I mean, I still basically. I still say like I think the 360 is one of the best console libraries that exists just because so it lasted for so long and so much came out on the 360 like you know all these big games and you know like even by the time you know within a year you had like Rainbow Six Vegas um you had like Gears of War. Mm -hmm. You had stuff that was worth playing online very early on. So And the Xbox three sixty was one of those things where like it because it lasted for so long, uh mm. you can you, you watch like that like there there's a very distinct difference between early Xbox three sixty mm -hmm. games and newer Xbox three sixty games where yeah. people have been experimenting with the hardware enough trying mm. to make games on the Xbox that you they everyone had figured out like how to make use of even more of the of what it had to offer yeah really i, I never had an xbox 360 but it's one of those ones that i do want to go back to and kind of like get, get a hacked one and just go through the list of all the things i haven't played well, i was gonna weird, say I mean, one they're thing all on pc now you don't have to yeah that's no, 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 the yeah. weird thing the 360 library there's like, a few that's, yeah there's a couple but i feel like there's, there's like a, lost there's a odyssey of, like, isn't that Lost Odyssey, The Darkness, there's these sort of like obscure titles, yeah, that I would highly recommend. Yeah. But but a lot of the 360, the stuff that made it special is, and that's sort of the problem I feel like Xbox has just now is like a lot of the games that they are trying to front, like hey, buy the Xbox, the new Xbox, whenever we release it. Um, they're like, you know, they don't have, they have the same old games they've always have. They don't have anything yeah. big and shiny to sort of throw at people, and that's sort of a big problem. Everything that they have also is always going to be available on PC as well. Yeah. So. Still yeah. no Fable Two. Well, so. Well, one Still thing no we Fable haven't. Tea. No, yeah, exactly. Where's Fable, where's Fable Two? <laughs> it's yeah, just well... it's dead. It's it's it it got left behind. You can on, play it on, on PC the, on the three sixty. You can play Fable Two on PC. Else. No, yeah, you can't. I have it on. Surely, 
No, no, Fable Fable 1 and Fable 3 are on PC, but Fable 2 is not. Fable 2? The best one. The best one, yeah, not available on PC. I was going to say... Hey, Bill! What the fuck? Get over here. Don't worry, um, Bill's, Bill, Bill's too busy having bad opinions about climate change right now. He's, <laughs> yeah. he, can't, he can't really get in on that. Oh, dear. I was going to say, we haven't mentioned, really, we haven't, we've been mostly talking about home consoles. We haven't talked about uh, handhelds that much. And they are kind of their own legacy. Um, some of them did have, like, online features. But uh, even, like, if you compare something like the DS and the 3DS and the Vita and stuff like that, I, I think... The the one the one strange thing about Nintendo is like I, again not, I'm not here to be like Nintendo is such a nice company it's not about that but they just <laughs> because of their weird design philosophy and their kind of generally conservative attitude towards the market like they have kind of stuck with what they're good at in a certain way they they innovate obviously but like they've always said and they, I think it's true that they've prioritized the idea of like collaborative multiplayer experiences whatever and so like. The DS, 3DS, like the I'm I'm blanking on it now. The what was the name of the like kind of um there was that there was that thing you could do on the DS where you could just like catch someone else who was nearby. Yeah, you, know, you could like there go, was, go into their... I can't remember the name of it, but famously like the big one was like, you know, commuters playing Monster Hunter on the train. Yeah. You know, yeah, like... exactly. And that that kind of experience of like and getting people together, I mean, from the GBA times to to, to the DS of like we're gonna play four swords we're gonna play you know whatever it might be i remember playing mario kart ds on an airplane with some random person that i road trips that I, yeah exactly <laughs> road trips like they've always been about that which i think plays into the kind of the hybrid switch thing where again like they had they kind of were flagging in the wii u era but like nintendo was like nope we're still we're, we're gonna create valuable home experiences for people to be able to play with and you know this portable thing and they did it with the switch and ironically it is like you look at the numbers you know, it's it's old hat at this point to say like the switch is selling like uh, it's a humdinger, as Sam would say. It's selling like gangbusters, and like and but I think part of the reason for that, they're, they're, you know, there's timing and luck and all the rest of it, and certainly the lockdown that's helped things, Animal Crossing. But like that is the only system that has there's like an ease of use and a point of entry that any person can have, and you can I've seen it of like families being like one person's gonna play Mario Kart on the TV, and then other people are gonna have their Switch lights or something, and everyone's playing in the same room. I think Alex, you were saying you can do System Link, but even if you don't do it directly, even if you just do wireless connections, like yeah. we, I think we didn't believe that that was really a thing at first when when the Switch, well yeah like, when they put all the trailers out, of but... like yeah when you go go to your friend's party and bring out the Switch or go down the pub and bring out the You're Switch like, and it was like yeah sure whatever but then this is gonna fail. I was that person like I remember sure like, Reggie I remember going to like a Sunday roast like after a climbing session like we all sat in the pub and just brought our Switches and played Pokemon and it was great like, yeah exactly you know like so in a weird way they're even though their net code as we've said before is is complete garbage and they're rolling out terrible. a new one uh, right now. But apparently, we're not going to feel the effects of it too much. But like, despite that, they're still, you know, that that is. I know a lot of people, especially younger, like new families, like who, when they have a child, are like, "Oh shit!" Like, I got to start investing now. I want my kid to start playing the Switch with me. So I'm going to go get my get me two Switches. So I think there's it's it's being kept alive almost by accident because of the way Nintendo's like sort of made their business decisions. Yeah, I mean, there's even the whole thing about. Uh, I remember reading something somewhere, so I'll have to look at it after the episode, but where uh, there was a huge influx of new Switches sold after Animal Crossing came out, but not for first-time Switch owners. Right. Like, there was a lot of secondary Switches or tertiary yeah, yeah. Switches that were bought because of the whole 
fiasco of not being able to have your own island on, yeah, on yeah. a switch so like people would actually having to you want to play this game with your with your loved one your wife your significant other your kids buy a new switch and another <laughs> copy of the game as well uh it's a clean like 450 pounds for them right something around <laughs> yeah there. no problem but i think um good value to, gaming <laughs> to, talking about the switch and the sort of the, the, the they've managed to to actually latch on and retain some of that couch co-op stuff i think um i think one thing i want to talk about is just that like basically as that social space that local thing has died um, you've seen like over the last few years, I feel like I've seen this real return to like board games and tabletop RPGs mm -hmm. to the to the point that I think Dungeons and Dragons is now more popular than it has ever been in its entire history. Possible. And um, and I think like, and I, I do feel like I don't know if you feel the same, but I do feel like the ride that rise in popularity almost correlates to the death of like local multiplayer and stuff and and video games. Like I feel like that is they've sort of picked up the torch, and particularly when you see the kind of multi the, the board games that were built that have come up are they're almost all about these cooperative social experiences. It's stuff that you can only do mm -hmm. when you're with other people and stuff. And tabletop obviously is is exactly that. And um, I feel that they've filled a gap that video games never exactly had pinned down exactly. I don't think like the the idea of like D and D and this collaborative storytelling ever really existed in video games. But I think moving away from local multiplayer to online stuff, it's, they've completely abandoned it. And I think, I, I feel like I've seen people, and I feel like I felt it myself, have been craving like, God, I just want to sit in a room and do something with people. I don't want to play online games all the time, you know? I said this a year ago before everything was <laughs> Yeah, you know? And now everyone's playing Dungeons and Dragons online. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's really weird. But I think it is interesting because we, we talked about this just amongst ourselves, like off stream, but I think it's, there, like board gaming and video gaming have obviously always gone hand in hand. Like the earliest RPGs were obviously based on Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. But like there was this very specific, I, I don't know if I can re remember the exact dates, but like it, I'm going to say like from the 2010s onwards when like hobby board gaming and like beyond, there's always been board gaming in like Germany and even in the US that's like not Monopoly. But like hobby board gaming as we currently understand it really started taking off again i guess you could say and at least i don't know what the numbers are there maybe there'll be some surprising numbers that would like break some of our shatter our myths but anecdotally i i in the last you know five years i can't tell you how many times i've read a, a piece in the guardian or like the bbc or some like newspaper that's like quoting people who are getting into board games and asking them why are you getting into board games and and citing this exact reason and saying well you know like i've always played video games but you know, I just can't, I want, I miss that feeling of being in person and playing with other people. Yeah. And we're starting to see like board games, obviously they've always fed into each other, but we're, you know, now we're at a point where like, you know, games like Slay the Spire or something, that's, I mean, it's not even a multiplayer game, but the game itself is literally inspired by oh. board game mechanics. Like you have this cyclical thing where the two communities are feeding into each other, but I definitely... I don't know I the do numbers, have, but I, do I, have I, some I definitely numbers. believe what you have to say. Yeah, I do say. have some numbers. Um, so this is specifically for D and D because I was curious. Okay. Um, so this is this is um this is data provided by Wizards of the Coast. So you know, like take this with a pinch of salt in terms of like them running their own <laughs> Pravda. Um, <laughs> the most but, trustworthy yeah. source yeah. of news. Wizards but, of the um, Coast. According according to them, um, within D and D, their community growth, what they've seen since um twenty fourteen is like fifty two percent. So like their their audience is yeah. like they've it's grown a chunk. Like yeah, twenty twenty fourteen yeah. they saw no growth, and then it's like, yeah, it's just from there on it's like then it was they saw six percent, sixteen percent, then then just in twenty seventeen, just this massive spike and then that's carried into twenty eighteen. I don't know about the last couple of years. 
Um, but I I'm think sure that trend's have. continued. It must have. I mean, I would. I was just in a Discord that has nothing to do with board games or D and D or whatever, and I just on like a Friday night or whatever, I yep. saw that there was eight eight people in a in a voice channel, and it just popped in. I thought they were just chatting or whatever. Like, what are you guys doing? They're like playing Dungeons and Dragons. So <laughs> yeah, like, according, oh, according yeah, to um, <laughs> babe, according to like Google Trends in terms of search interest, the Dungeons and Dragons is the most popular it's ever been. Like this uh, by quite a, yeah. like by a huge magnitude. Like it's, it's yeah. like tripled. Um, and you also get like I mean we've you know the, the obvious examples are like tabletop simulator, tabletopia, like all these people people making board games and even the Steam Workshop. You know the open secret that you can basically like pirate a board game but people have made like workshop versions of almost every major board game and now you're getting people making board games in tabletop simulator that you are so complex you can't even play them in real life but like there's a there's something about that culture of sitting around a table i know myself like i prefer tabletop simulator specifically because it feels more like we're sitting around a table and i don't mm, like things like yeah. tabletopia and i don't like board game apps personally because they just mm. i'm like at this point i'm playing a worse video game you know, like a video game can do this better. I like things that make me feel like what board games always have been to me, which is the, you know, the gathering, flipping the table. You know, who hasn't flipped the table in Tabletop Simulator, y'all? Come on, that's the best part of that game. I feel like that's something <laughs> you see in a lot of the um, the sort of uh, online experiences that attempt to emulate that feeling of uh, like 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 uh, like RP the, the successful RPG tabletop platforms. Like there's Roll Twenty as well. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it's not quite as like positioning you in front of a yeah. table or anything, but it is like a bit bit of grid paper. Yeah, exactly. and when you roll a dice, the dice you does see a little it exactly, animation mm. and it rolls on the screen exactly, and then you have all of the little cardboard cutouts and you can create this little like scene, um, and it's all in service of emulating the experience of actually sitting sitting down and building this little little D and D scenery set. So. Do you think this is I don't mean this to sound like a bummer question, but like, do you think that board games will go a similar route as video games then as far as like going more online? I mean, there was a period. This is, again, like anecdotal, but I feel like I can name in London a lot more board game retail and communities like uh, stores and stuff like that than I can independent video game stores. Like, if you discount the yeah. game uh, retail uh, chain mm. and all of that, but, like, just independent... I wrote well, I an think... article about this, actually. Oh. Um, I was going to say, I like, think... Obviously, post yeah. with COVID and everything like that. Yeah, I feel like... Closed yeah, down. I feel like that's... I feel that's had more damage. Like, it, whatever the trend yeah. was before, it's out the window because, yeah, COVID has made yeah. all... Rendered all that moot. Like, this yeah. just... People can sit around I and mean, play together. I mean, there, there are people... Like, I kind of follow the board game community because I'm, like, half foot in there and i've been i've gone to conferences and stuff like the ukg a few times and stuff like that and stuff in the states but there are people are holding on i think you know and they've had their online marathons and conventions and stuff but mm -hmm. it is unfortunately it is the kind of thing that lives and dies by the ability to gather so yeah. i mean being I was optimistic to say it won't come back but yeah. you know like it's yeah in it, our, it will change in our young adult life like we saw the rise of independent board games like beyond yeah. the sort of the monopolies of of the world yeah. but then it feels like it's it's at this this point in history where there's definitely this this thing that is threatening it and at the same time like we've just had a conversation about us holding on to that local co-op video games before you know the t the the inevitable takeover of it becoming an online experience 
and I just wonder if this is the thing that pushes board games. Well, I think into um, that, I think the the bigger thing is more realm. about like who gets to because the the problem with I think that you see constantly we've talked about in tabletop spaces is the 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 popularity of Dungeons and Dragons is suffocating everything else like trying to (laughs) you know trying to get other trying to be another successful tabletop game is so hard trying to create like a you know a real play like you know series but it's not about Dungeons and Dragons is so hard like because and and it's sort of and it's and it's sort of interesting because Dungeons and Dragons is not the most approachable tabletop game by any means um but simply because of how well known it is and because Wizards of the Coast have the money that they do to throw at marketing and all sorts and they do have there's like there's stuff they do. I think like the monetization of it's bullshit. But in terms of ease of use, like um D and D Beyond is like actually like you know you can just run through that and it automatically sets up your character sheet. They have these things that have you know got around the awkward setup that you know that like, first time players can get into, and you know like they've done that you know. But it's now at a point it's like well how does anyone beat out that space you know like and I've seen there's uh, Lancer RPGs had given a good go. They have their own apps and stuff. Um, and I mean there's like you saw like with with the with cyberpunk you know there was a renewed interest in the original rpg and there, there's you know they've mm. got like the vampire the masquerade type stuff i think there's there is a thriving community in that sense but i think to respond to alex's question i guess like i there is something timeless i do feel about board game experiences that even if the industry goes through its cycles like you know it's i mean think of a game like chess obviously that survived like centuries like some of these games will bite the dust especially the board games the controversy now in board games is board games which require apps to use yeah because you know eventually those apps will probably not be usable and the servers will be down and, and it's in my opinion it's bad design but uh there is you know you could still like a hundred years from now in theory assuming that you know we're not living in mad max yet <laughs> yeah or even if you are you could yeah. come across your your burnt out gas station and find a copy of like Settlers of Catan, and and as long as the rules are still there, you could <laughs> yes. still play it. Just conspicuously abandoned yeah, or make copy up... of Settlers of Catan. Yeah, I Just mean, there's, there's obviously the like the, tangi- the tangibleness of uh, of board games that mm. I'm sure keep you know, the same reason that like books in print are still a thing. And yeah, it hasn't completely been replaced. Yeah, people by... thought they were going to go away with like ebooks, yeah. and it's like no, they've gotten even more popular. <laughs> but it, maybe it has something more to do as well, though, with the longevity of board game independent board game designers where like they might have a hit or something like that but that still might just be sort of a temporal thing i remember i can't remember if it was one of you uh one of you guys who mentioned or like a thread i i read somewhere where it was a someone was talking about like they owned um a board game uh board game retail cafe type thing Mm -hmm. and how and they knew other people you know in the same in the same field and basically like every every board game store no yeah, matter what me, their stock list is, is always just like it's a front for Magic the Gathering. Yeah, Magic <laughs> like Magic, Magic the is the secret as to how board games stores yeah. survive. And yeah. that's yeah. like a and that is the that's the cyclical tangible thing that people can come back to that's yeah. that they can feel and pay money for consistently. And it in yeah. a way, because it's so it's so materialistic in a way, that's also what's kept it alive so long because it's it yeah. it you know gets into people's collector. Yeah, like uh, um yeah. the board uh like I, I so many um board game uh like I used to work at a board game shop and like basically like eight out of ten small independent board game shops thrive entirely off of like cataloging and trading massive libraries of specific magic cards. Yeah. Um, because people need to get their specific mas- magic cards 
in order to use them in games and in tournaments and everything. So they have yeah. to even Hearthstone to... can't kill that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Hearthstone. However you say. Uh, you're just reminding like... me, like back when I was a barista, and like we had to, we had people that came, regularly came in for a Magic the Gathering tournament, and we had to like clear like like space to put these <laughs> tables together for them. They were like some of our even remember customers. Alex, I don't know if it was around when you were there, but in Chicago, like uh, the Dice Dojo, that was like, it has the biggest playable library of board games in America that you can like go in and just play Ooh, without having yeah. to pay for them. But like 40% of the store is magic cards. Like you come in <laughs> yeah. and there's all the games in the front and then the whole back wall, there's a second room and that's all the playable library. But the fir- the second half of the first room is just like wall to wall magic shit, <laughs> you know? And it's, I mean, that yeah. I don't know if that's going away anytime soon, but that's the kind of thing you can't, like for better or for worse, you know, it's like you can't buy that. You can't just purchase. Yeah. You can't purchase Zenimax and just make lived experiences happen. You know, like they 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 still yeah. have a specificity to them. Have you, do yeah. you play Magic CG? You sound like you're really coming from a place of passion there. <laughs> no, it's a passionate. It's a passion from the opposite end because yeah. I was the kid who didn't play Magic and I was really tired of all the people around me who played Magic. Pokemon cards. <laughs> Even Pokemon. I just living card games was never my. Mm or at least that kind of trading card games living card games where you can purchase a specific set and then as long as you have that set you can always play yeah i'm okay i'm cool with that you know like there's the arkham horror card game and stuff like that but net nah, this net runner yeah this they said collecting the endless and trading uh, nah. at least pokemon nah, nah. was limited in a way that there's not more cards than there are pokemon like it's with okay. magic there's thousands of yeah. you know no because with... you could get cards that were like this specific character from the anime or this yeah. specific pokemon oh that must be new when i had it yeah, there was no, no it was, characters it was... or... foil charizard Back in my on, day. yeah but the foils the foils were the same as the non foils at sure. least sorry i'm talking about 90s pokemon cards i have but no idea they, how it's they evolved in the last... yeah no it, it's 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 a fucking shit show now <laughs> <laughs> it's awful <laughs> Okay, so we've talked a little bit about getting away from, you know, sort of where that sort of craving for social and local interactions gone. But I want to talk a little bit about where perhaps um, online services have gone, because more than just shifting to being online only, multiplayer or whatever, games have really gotten to this trend over the last few years of games as a service, which is this idea of these, you know, like you only need one game for the rest of time and we'll keep updating it, we'll keep putting new content. And you see this with destiny um and fortnite and all these games you know you buy passes you know you don't buy deals you know you don't really buy dlc or expansions anymore you buy passes to to be able to keep up with the content and stuff and um you know like i am i feel like i come from a very skeptical and very cynical place about all this stuff but has but before i before i like blow off about that <laughs> does anyone have any like does anyone have any positives that they want to throw out there about games as a service anyone think you know like well you know what it's nice actually having a game that you keep being you can keep coming back to etc but isn't that just an mmo i mean like, in a way well i mean in a yeah. MMO it makes sense there's in an there mmo are... there there's a precedent for why it kind of exists the way it does because it's a persistent world that has to be maintained and all this stuff but like 
games as a service is very distinct from that i feel the issue well the thing is that when mmos cross over into games as a service is when i think is the failure of mmos which i think a lot of yeah. people disagree with me on but the fact with like world of warcraft for example i fell off of that game when every expansion pack was raising the level limit and basically yeah. nullifying all of your all of yeah, your yeah. achievements that you just that you had accomplished in the in whatever content be previous yeah. it was like pointless like whatever however thousand hours that you had put in and in, in becoming the best person the best hunter on the server nullified yeah. you know uh and that that felt like uh that feels like a punch in the gut a lot of people like that because they just want to hoover yeah. up the next the new content it's a treadmill. but yeah. that to, that yeah. yeah that treadmill is what i think is the games of a service element yeah. of mmos which i which i which makes me not want to play them yeah um so there is that where at its heart an mmo doesn't have to be games of the service it's more of sure. like you're paying a subscription to be able to use those servers and like you know have yeah. the friends list whatever all these other things yeah. that we talk about is a, that you can pay a subscription for um but when it becomes of this treadmill then that yeah that I or when the treadmill becomes the only thing i would say most mmos are, are about a treadmill but it's like when when the treadmill when all the the trappings fall off and it's all that's left is the treadmill <laughs> Then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can see, like, I think we talked about it in another episode. I can't remember which, but I feel like at games as a service don't have to be what the, how they are is so negative. Like, and I feel like, like FIFA, for example, I actually think would benefit from being. Well, that's a hold on a second. A that football games is where like games as a service kind of originated. Right, but it's, you know, so, but it's and, and, not because yeah. it's still you you buy a new fully new game every. No every year well, no, no but i mean like, like the card you, the card the, marketplace the, the whole card marketplace in fifa is like yeah. one of the most egregious disgusting examples of this like out yeah, yeah. there and it is where it sort of all kind but of but there's no subscription there's no like there's no passes that you buy for those things like so, I, I so that was an evolution the, of the yeah, concept i understand game my, service yeah. being evolved from that but i mean that fifa ultimate team started in like what 2009 or whatever yeah where there's still 20 fifas before that that were just you know sure slight engine changes and roster updates and stuff like that and yeah and those are things that i feel like those would be good to be putting in this games as a service like you buy fifa you buy fifa and whatever you pay you know for the season that you want the season for maybe uh instead of and they can still update things and they as they want to but then you're like you're investing in whatever element that you want to invest in and you're not getting a you don't have to have a completely new progression uh through what you had before which is still what you have to do with Ultimate Team. Like you get, I think mm. you still get like some carryovers from the previous, uh, from your previous team, but you're still basically starting from scratch. Those I think you're like... going to be the lone uh, optimist here, Alex. <laughs> well, I think. Well, I no, think but I, that's what I, I mean is that I like th that doesn't exist, right? Like that yeah. kind of thing. They still go for the, uh, for the probably whatever. I'm sure they've. I'm sure that somebody has crunched the numbers on. Oh, should we make FIFA, Madden, whatever? uh a games of the service type thing like this and they go no because we sell fucking 50 million copies of fifa for 60 yeah. quid every year i Why think would um, we... i think i can definitely agree that like i think there you you can conceive of a, a version of games of service that is a positive but i think in terms mm. of sheer brass tags like i think the the thing that like sort of bums me out about like all these games of service is how expensive they are like yeah. like a season pass is like almost the cost of a full game 
Like, you know, yeah. and that's just that. Like, that's not even taking into account microtransactions or if you buy an expansion or whatever. Like, like mm. somebody was trying to, like, I remember, like, I don't know, like, somebody who plays it regularly might laugh at my, my novice, but I remember I was like, oh, the new expansion for Destiny is out. I wonder why I need to play that. And they were like, and see, like, someone trying to explain to you what you actually have to buy. Like, you know, like, oh, if you want to play this content, you need to buy this pass. But if you want to buy this content, you need to buy that pass. And if you want to play mm -hmm. the expansion, you need this. And it might come with a pass, but it won't come with that pass. And I was like, well, I'm just I'm just not now. I'm just yeah, not going to yeah. play it now. Um, like, a think... game that I've been playing a lot of uh, recently, just because, like, I enjoy the act of actually playing it, but pretty much nothing else about it <laughs> is the the whole ecosystem of call of duty warzone yeah um like you get your battle pass for like 1100 cod points or something <laughs> like or a thousand <laughs> cod points but you can only buy 1100 cod points so you always have that 100 left over tempting you and then you have all of these character packs which are just like aesthetic changes they might give you like a different kind of gun with a different configuration or something or a new skin for a character or a sticker you can put on on your rifle or something like that. And some of these packs are 2,400 COD points, which works out at about, like, 16 to 20 pounds. Yeah. For, like, a little bit cosmetic DLC. You have this conversation, and there's people in the industries, obviously the people who are benefiting the most from this, will say things like, well, you know, but, like, nobody's forcing people to buy these things. And all. it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's all well and good. But un unfortunately culture doesn't quite work that way and if if you're a young person trying to get into games today you know the, the the point isn't to convince all of us fogey older fogies to buy into games as a service as long as you can get another gener a new generation that comes in that is used to this being the normal yeah then, it, then yeah. they don't they don't conceive of games being any other way and i can speak again just an anecdotally from my experience around young people over the last like 10 years of my previous work and other stuff that this is like it's it people talk about it as like oh well like yeah i mean obviously you have to like i've got to get the day one pass and then like how else can i do this and kids who are you know couldn't afford to do it you know would find a way to do it because you become part of this ecosystem and then you know if you invest your life in it there's some people who it becomes their job too so then they're streaming it too and you know it you kind of have to always be stuck on the i'm trying to think of a not crude metaphor yeah. here treadmill there we go treadmill <laughs> keep, is a better metaphor right that treadmill yeah uh I, I think like this is the very easy thing to get frustrated about yeah. games of a service and even angry about games of a service. Yeah. Um and like that's always at the front of my mind when I'm thinking of, of front of the service games as a service stuff. Uh but then there's also the like the more pretentious thing to be sad about with games of the service is like these games are no longer exist in a time and place. Like yeah. Somebody asked me if I I've never I've never played Destiny, but like uh somebody asked me if Destiny. I had yeah, like if I had, if I had played Destiny two, whatever, when it first came out, and someone was like, Oh, do you like Destiny Two? Even if I loved it then, I would have no idea how to answer it because I've no idea the state of that game now. Yeah. And like those games, they don't they're not games as a service, those games no longer are how we think about media in terms of, you know, films uh films or uh or albums or something where that was a that was a piece of work that's out there and, and exists and you can always go back and revisit it mm -hmm. but you cannot go back and revisit games that well that yeah i mean that destiny space. 2 excised like a lot of its original content yeah. you literally just can't play it now um and yeah. it, it, it does pose that challenging that challenging question surrounding the preservation of games uh doesn't okay. it 
um because you also get uh like you, you some you sometimes get that like you get wow classic but even yeah. then it took ages for wow classic to actually like have any yeah. uh like have any backing behind it and it was being threatened with like just total shutdown yeah exactly by... and as i say even with that example yeah. like that yeah that's great that wow classic exists like that's something that i had always uh, i haven't gone back and played that but it's something that i always like had been sad about almost that like that experience does not exist for anybody else and that was one of the pinnacle of games uh gaming for me in my life uh but then at the same time like so what about Burning Crusade, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. or any of the early expansion yeah, packs? Absolutely. Those are also completely unexperienceable by yeah. anybody who is coming to the game now. And I'm not arguing that those now should go back and you have a WoW Classic point 2.0 or whatever. No. Uh, but it's just, it's that weird thing of like games as a service, they eliminate the like the timelessness of those games absolutely yeah i mean you could you could make the argument and i i don't i don't buy this but you could make the argument okay well that, that's a positive because look you can have these kind of unique experiences that only exist it's like a happening or something sure you know? so it's, it's a very specific thing there's something to that but the problem the, the, the funny thing about games as a service is that not only are you prevented re-experiencing certain things because of just the, their specific you know the, the time and place that they happened in but you're also prevented because games as a service is tied to the existence and the infrastructure of a specific company right so like mm -hmm. that's there's there's the whole angle of obsolescence and planned obsolescence with games as a service that's another thing like like astrid said some of some of the reason you can even play some of these old games now is purely because fan communities have kept them alive not be, you know because if, if the company's servers go down and there's a there's a, any kind of drm or there's something on the game that makes it so you have to be connected to this specific thing to play it in this specific way only people who can hack the game and fix it are going to make it possible to be played later mm -hmm. and that includes yeah. like single player games that are treated like games as a service by having continual you know content added to them and stuff and so there are some games yeah. that will never have communities that do that yeah. so they'll just be sat at the wayside forever and that's just so weird to think about and yeah. quite it is quite sad um, I think there was a fork in the road, and we are in the bad universe for for other reasons as well. There's lots of reasons why the universe is bad. It's not just games, but in this bizarro dark world, you know, it didn't have to go this way. But because Kermit if you, did nine eleven. If you if you want to if you want to, <laughs> we won't provide context for that. Um, I was going to say if you want a game that they want a Sesame Street job. <laughs> I was going to say, if you want to do uh, play a game that deals in this these themes of obsolescence as they pertain to virtual worlds, go and play the Eternal Castle. It's fucking great. Um, uh, but to finish on a positive note, because you know I like to keep things upbeat, I did want to talk about like has has anyone got any games in particular that they've really um, got into during lockdown and stuff? Anything that they've found has really been nice to play online, uh, over the last right? year? Yeah, online stuff. Yeah, don't, we don't know, hang we out know. with your friends, kids. There's a pandemic on. Don't do that. <laughs> we know we know Alex P's answer. What was that? I believe. Hold fast. Oh, okay, sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's hold fast. Your Napoleonic war crime simulator. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's no civilians. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> what an decimating what an empty countryside. Yeah, it's okay, there's no there's no civilians. <laughs> Uh, what else have you been playing anything besides hold fast alex i mean that i that's a hard that's a weird one because i wasn't i don't i played those with people that are at least when i started playing them complete strangers right like i didn't mm -hmm. i wasn't 
it was almost like a replacement from uh from for going to the pub or something where you're just like around other people right it wasn't really a replacement to mm. uh to spending time Help with your friends in your person friends, yeah yeah um i think with that like the closest that i probably had was playing factorio with my dad uh <laughs> while <laughs> while he was in quarantine um because that that felt the most of just like sitting in a room together and working on a thing together like because we're in the same we're in the same world basically building this um building that this autom autom automation and like trying talking to each other about like oh yeah but we can you know maximize it this way or get it the best get the most flow rate this way oh give me a second hold on let me just do this little calculation or whatever and like uh just kind of the back and forth that that led to while also giving you the pause and rest to like talk about other things at the same time uh that was the most that felt like just hanging out that i had which i think is maybe what i wanted the most in for a quarantine online game mine mine goes back to the old ff6 template you know I, I've, sp I've spoken about it on shows before but the besides playing just like switch games online with my friend um i had my, my close friend from back home stream in watching me on ps4 playing Ghost of Tsushima and Final oh, Fantasy wow. VII Remake. And those experiences very much, they did feel like that kind of, that couch experience almost of us, both of us just sitting down and commentating. And you can actually switch control over to the other person as well, which is mm. quite a cool thing. So like, if I was struggling with the section, the the, the connection was horrible, so we didn't do it that much. But uh, I, I don't know of many, we, we had one-off experiences that, that I think I've mentioned on some book clubs, like playing trine and shit like that but in terms of an actual memorable one yeah i'd say the discovering you know towards the end of the ps4's life cycle that you could do this like streaming thing i was like whoa this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> like i'd uh I'd, i think early on in the lockdown uh i i definitely hopped on the animal crossing train and played yeah. that with all of my friends because they were all getting into it as well and i'm a lot of the a lot of the friends that i was ended up playing that with were people who aren't like gamers um just enjoying animal crossing and treating you played with like some normies i played with normies. <laughs> civilians um, yeah uh and then there Civvies. was also there was also a little bit of uh like among us which is an obvious an obvious yeah. answer really because yeah. everyone was playing in uh, among us uh, but i ended up playing lots of sea of thieves as soon as the lockdown mm. hit nice um i went back to that game and found a lot of a lot of the weird it it does feel like the the video game equivalent of going to the pub. One because you can drink alcohol, um, which is you know a pub thing. Haha, <laughs> there we go. Um, easy. Um, Why are you talking like you've like... never been to a pub? I know what pubs are. <laughs> yeah, I've you know where you pour the bubbly. You consume you alcohol. There. Yes. Mm. Um, age limit age but like the, like getting together with friends and waking like me, like spawning in a pub and it feels like you're going out and having a chat with people and going and like doing these cooperative tasks but then you run into strangers and sometimes they're sometimes they're pretty cool and you make a friend um just like tangentially out in the world like you would running into someone who's quite friendly in a pub uh and equally there are lots of people who are just total fucking cunts yeah. Um, as you would just as, out there as in the you world. would just out, out in the, in the pub um, but the difference is you can probably kill them right exactly <laughs> I can kill them in real life as well buddy <laughs> there's, there's just consequences yeah um, so that's that's definitely th uh, filled quite a nice gap for me nice I think um, what about you, you? I think for me, like um, one one weird one that like so basically the like lockdown was like an opportunity to like. 
play a lot of stuff that I just not bothered with. And some of that was catching mm. up in indie games, but a lot of it was multiplayer stuff because I just didn't generally have the time. If I had free social leisure time, I preferred to go out, like, you know, so not mm. being able to do that was like, okay, well, maybe I get into a load of online multiplayer. And one that really, I've mentioned before, one that I got really into was Hunt Showdown. That's That's been a real, like, oh, yeah. oh what a treat. But um, oh, yeah. but just a lot of, like, really odd selection. I, well, I was in Sea of Thieves for a bit. We keep cycling. My friends and I, like, cycle through. Well, something's popular for a, few, for a month, and then we move on to something else. Right now, one that we were stuck with for a couple of months, I don't don't know why but it's really good fun and we just keep diving as dead by daylight um oh, the, yeah. the asymmetric okay. horror thing um and that's really I you good were gonna say um i thought you were gonna say red dead online because i got I've into yeah i got really yeah. into that for like a month like and i've stopped mm. like i literally right. had this whole narrative arc i was like this wannabe <laughs> bounty hunter i got my bounty hunting license i became this <laughs> bounty hunter i get kitted out in all this denim i was this badass i was the most badass bounty hunter like i would take on players i was dual wielding revolvers it was so great and then i got enough money to retire and open up my bar <laughs> and then i did that i opened up my little and bar you just actually and then That's I good. like I fronted up my little bar. I got my little band. You can get a band in your bar <laughs> and everything. And I had some friends around for the big opening night. And we had like we all hung out in this virtual pub and we were like we got pissed and like just like end the game. <laughs> and that was like, it. You left your bounty hunting life behind. I did. Like literally haven't yeah. been back. And then and then I spent like I I played it for like another couple of weeks, just like pottering around. Like I I I dressed down and everything. I you put my guns already, away though. and everything. You beat the game. <laughs> and like it was like and it sort of mirrored like John Marston's arc, except I didn't get killed off at the end i literally have retired if i go back um if i go back blasted uh, yeah the, the u.s the u.s army hasn't come to see me out yet so i yeah uh, not yet not yet day, but right. um i'm well i'm like i'm insistent like one day gary who uh, gary kings who i've been playing with they're gonna hit me up for one last job and i'm gonna have to come out of retirement for like one big bounty or something oh, shit, <laughs> and you're like a noble veteran sacrifice at the end like yeah. passing the torch onto the next yeah. generation yeah that's how it's gonna be <laughs> but course. yeah red dead was like a real one for a while i think like because i never really liked a single player but the online multiplayer definitely lacked like got rid of all the rockstar bullshit that i hated and was just that yeah. world and you just hung out with friends like a lot of the time we hung out with friends i didn't never fast traveled we would do bounties because it was this really nice rhythm of you'd go to a town do some stuff pick up a bounty and then the bounty would be like miles away and you would just go there you would just like take a nice ride to get there and then you saw the bounty and then you'd you know have this nice ride back and it was it was very like social but cowboys yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah. literally I'm very, jealous, very like... much that Hearing y'all talk about this, th there is something I do miss about having a kind of built-in, like this brings me back to my high school days when we would have like, I think there were probably like seven to nine of us, maybe, maybe optimistically, who were in this kind of like greater, smaller, greater circle of people. And I miss that thing of like, knowing that, oh, we can just roll whatever game comes out. Like I remember Rainbow Six Vegas, because I was playing it on the PC, not on the, I got a new graphics card just to play it. Wow. Uh, not on the 360. And I remember it was just, you know, a new game comes out and we're all like, you know, they're like salivating like dogs or something. We're like, oh, this is going to be this is going to be the next thing that we all jump in on. And nowadays it's very much like multiplayer is very, very. It's either I get my one friend from the States to play with mm -hmm. me. I don't I don't we don't have that like, crew who plays together in that. Well, same way. I'm going to download Final Fantasy 15 and we can play comrades together. Comrades. <laughs> Let's um, do it. I, I just remember though... my opinion. <laughs> One thing about Red Dead that I forgot, I like got so into it that I like I put together a scrapbook of all the pictures that we took together, and like I have oh, wow. this online little scrapbook that charts our entire time all the way down to my like that's open tremendous. in my bar and stuff, um, and like that's how into that I that, got. <laughs> I think it's interesting that both of those games, like Sea of Thieves and Red Dead, 
they kind of have the same thing that I was kind of talking about with my experience with Factorio with my dad of just like there's that downtime that you have mm -hmm. that is like semi-active of like with Sea of Thieves you're sailing to whatever uh, point on the map they're going to or with Red Dead it's the uh you know you're you're taking the horse you're taking the the horse posse out to uh to ride a couple miles out to the bounty and it's that that well they kind of even do it in the games right where you have that time that you're chatting with uh with your comrades and that gets replicated not with in-game characters anymore with but with your actual friends and that feels like a um a like maybe not even intentionally immersive thing in the game where now you're actually riding out there with people around you that you're actually chatting with in real life and they're yeah. people you know and you can replace those written conversations with real you know conversations that are both about maybe the mission you're going to do but as well just like the small talk that you would have normally um, it's a very it creates cool. this really nice social space that has created this virtual equivalent of being out at the pub like it has been this like you know sitting there and just chatting and getting busy with things and like and like and in, in red dead especially you can go to the pub like you and you know i opened my own bar like we did that like <laughs> yeah. and and it was weird like having a night out virtually and like i think um i think i've i've, I've very very much cherished i don't know if i'll ever go back to red dead i might be retired for good i don't know but okay. like i had a very <laughs> you like, beat the game why would you well, go I'm back to be honest i didn't know you could buy it solo and i am eyeing up the purchase button well so uh, I think it was like a uh, fiver for a while yeah rockstar it? released when they released the multiplayer standalone they released it uh for like four pounds 95 pence or something yeah, so that's why i got it and i was like shit this was this is a, this was a steal like i am um, yeah, the, the, grind, the grind the to unlock fate. stuff. <laughs> the grind to unlock stuff is a little cruel, but um, but that almost kind of added to it because when I finally could save up and buy my own bar, it was proper. Like after weeks of like being a like you know bounty hunter, learning the tools of the trade, and be like I fin finally got enough money to retire and buy my own bar, <laughs> and like I did it. But like, before we before we wrap too, I I didn't mention Ghosted Tsushima multiplayer. Don't sleep on it, folks. It's it's good. Yeah, it's you a good you piqued time. my interest about that. It's a good. It's a good if time. I, if I had a PlayStation to play it on, then I would. If I, if if I, here, I here's my here's where my PlayStation would be if I had one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, thanks for chatting with us, folks. If you um, if you listeners and viewers at home like what you hear, um, please like and subscribe, and please share the video. It means a lot to have our work out there on the social media. Um, and if you have any thoughts on local multiplayer or the rise of online multiplayer or any of the subjects we've talked about, please send an email into communityglasshouse.games. Add it as in Twitter. Comment below. Um, whatever your platform of choice says and um and if you really like what we do please consider checking out our patreon and consider becoming one of our patrons we have a lot of content that's exclusive um for our patrons um, and we've got more on the way we're planning some some cool stuff and if you are one of our patrons already thank you so much for supporting us and i hope you're enjoying what we're putting out um we've got more on the way we got we've got some stuff brewing for the near future um um but yeah thank you alex P and thank CG you. and Astrid for joining me today. And thank you, Ket, for making sure that none of this caught fire. You know, like you're you're better than Xbox Live for keeping your online services <laughs> looked after. No so red ring of death. No red ring. Oh, it's gonna be the same joke. <laughs> got you. <laughs> Even with the remote lag, I got you. Right. Um <laughs> and also thank you as always to Dancy Parks for the music. I'm Samantha and we'll talk again soon. Bye.